You may be seated, man. I just love uh, what that song says that Pastor Pam was just singing about. The world waits for a miracle. You ever been there? Just waiting for a miracle? Can't see it. Looks like it's not going to happen. The more you pray, the more you believe, the less that it looks like the miracle is coming. The world waits for a miracle. The heart longs for a bit of hope. Have you ever been there? Feel like circumstances stuff has just crashed around you and you just you just want a little bit of hope. Looks for a little bit of hope. Oh come, oh come. Emmanuel. Come on, you know, Emmanuel means God with us. And when God is with us, hope is with us. When when God is with us, situations change. I love it. It goes on to say, for all who wait, for all who hunger, for all who have prayed, for all who wander. You ever wandered? Like, you know what the right thing is. You just go in a different direction. One for all who wander. Behold your king, your Messiah is here. That song talks about the light of the world and, and what the light means. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad about the light of the world. You know, when light shows up, things change. In fact, if we cut out all of the lights in this room and we turned a light on, you would notice change immediately. It's not like light just kind of hangs over in the side of the room and nobody notices it like a wallflower. When the light comes on, situations change. And this series is called The Light of the World. Because the light has shown up. In fact, listen to what John says about the light. For God so loved the world so much that he gave, he gave his one and only son. That's the light. It's the light that we're talking about that showed up. I want to be clear about that. It's Jesus. He's the light of the world. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that who? Say that again. So that who? Everyone who believes in him. So here's the deal. The light has showed up, but there's a depending part in there. The light showed up and situations changed for those who believe. you got to believe. you got to believe the light has shown up. And you got to believe that the light will do what the light said he would do. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to... You ever fumbled before? You ever made a misstep before? You ever committed a boatload of stupid before? When you do that, do you need somebody to point that out? I mean, like, do you wake up and go, I don't know what happened. Seriously, when you cross the line, when you step into a boatload of stupid, you know you've crossed the line. I'm so glad that it says God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but save the world through him. In other words, the light showed up to give you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. You ever get to a place in your life where you believe a miracle for somebody else? 
oh, I know that they're facing some stuff, and I know God's going to show up in their life because they got their stuff together. They don't have their stuff together. They may just hide it better than you, but they got some stuff that's just as jacked up as your stuff is. So if we're dependent on us having all of our ducks in a row, we in trouble. It's not dependent upon us. It's dependent on the light and the things that he brings into the world. The light came to give you, I'm talking to you. The light came to give you a new beginning. The light came to give you a new perspective. Have you ever gotten to the place where you needed a new perspective? Ever prayed this? Oh God, change them. Oh God, do something in them. Oh God, if you don't show up, my life's going to be ruined because of them. Hey, listen, God is going to do something in their life. But so many times, he punches the pause button, listen to me church, to get you ready. Because he wants to do something in you. So when it's manifested in them, you're ready to receive that and move on. I'm preaching better than you guys are shouting at me today. Come on, don't make me lose a lap in this place. I'll drop this mic. I'll do it. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You grew up in a Pentecostal church. I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal church. I grew up in a church. We didn't say anything. You just sat there. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit one day. There's a whole new world. I'm just saying. Something to it. Don't make me drop this mic and do it live because I'll do it. Go ahead, that's exactly right. Linda be right behind me. We be circling this place. <laughs> I want to tell you today, the light came so that this literally can be a year to remember. Some of you are looking at this year because we're talking about the light of the world and talking about a new beginning. And some here today would say, I'm ready for 2019 to bye-bye Felicia. Because it was a tough year for you. You face some stuff that you wouldn't wish on anybody, and you're ready for some stuff to go on. Can I tell you, your 2020 is going to be better. God's going to do some things in you and through you. Some of you are here today, and you're going, man, I had the best year of my life. Is God able to do more? Heck to the yes, he can. Because he is God. He has gotten you to this place. And he didn't like, oh, I don't know what to do now. I did all my stuff. He's just going to have to exist. Oh, heck no. He got you to this place because he's going to take you to another level. So it doesn't matter where you are. If it's been an incredible life, an incredible year, or if it's been a challenging year, I want you to know there is a fresh start for you. There's a new beginning regardless of what this year has looked like. Don't, it doesn't matter what the ups and the downs were, the blessings and the challenging season. The light is here to give you a new beginning. As we talk about a new beginning, as we talk about the light today, I want to give you two thoughts about a new beginning. Now, I grew up Southern Baptist. That's all right. She forgive me. <laughs> I grew up Southern Baptist. I went to a Southern Baptist college. 
Bible school and then I went to Southern Baptist Seminary. You know what they taught me? You need to open your message with a good story. You need to have three points. You need to have a tearjerker story at the end. And then you go into the altar call. I just jacked that up because we only got two points today. We finish this message. I'm going to be unfulfilled. But I pray God's going to speak to you today through this unfulfilled pastor's message. <laughs> I want to give you two thoughts today. You guys are like, can you get on down the road? Hey, I was just looking up there. Do you guys see my new haircut? Put me back up on that screen. Go roll it back. Put me back on the screen. Look at that haircut. I guess my birthday. This is my birthday haircut. Yeah, look at that. Come on. I went to see Sarah the other day. I was like, Sarah, you know I'm speaking this weekend. She's like, you need to sit down. I need to take care of that mess right there. You need a good hair cutter, Sarah's a girl. There's lots in here that'll do it, but she did this. She's the only one that can handle the crazy up on top of my head. Hey, let's go into the Word of God. What's the Word of God say? Philippians chapter 3 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not, what? Can I tell you, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. God's doing some incredible things in you, but he has more to do. I have not yet achieved it, but I focus on what? This one thing. Hey, as we go into this Christmas season, can I give you a little bit of freedom? If you'll focus on this one thing, it will set you up for a 2020 beyond what you can imagine. Well, what is it? We forget the past. Somebody say, forget the past. And look forward to what lies ahead. I press on, say press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. There are two thoughts according to this scripture that I want to share with you today and I want to encourage you to write them down. You know, I heard this from Kathy said this uh, a couple of weeks ago. She said, you just write your goals down. If you're going to focus on something, write it down. The Bible talks about writing it down. So let me encourage you. You want 2020 to be incredible. I want you to write these things down. Take out your phone. Write them down. Take out a piece of paper. Write it down. Get your iPad. Write it down. And the first thing I want to share with you today is this. Right here. Make peace with the past. I believe God has sent me here today to tell some of, somebody here today, you need to make peace with the past. There's some things that have happened to you, some things that are trying to slow you down, some things that are trying to attach itself to you to try to keep you from becoming all that God wants you to be and from stepping into the destiny that God has from you. You need to make peace with the past. Well, let's talk about this. Philippians 3 says this, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. I forget the past. Say, forget the past. And I look forward to what lies ahead. Here's the deal. Do you know that you cannot move ahead by continually looking in your rearview mirror? In fact, we have a team of people right now out on the parking lot with boatloads of paper that are taping paper around your side windows, your front windows, and your other side. And they are only leaving open the window in the back. So the only way when you leave church today, you're going to be able to get out of here is by looking into your rearview mirror. I'm just kidding. They're not out there. Can you imagine the chaos that would be in this 
parking lot alone, if we tried to go forward only by looking in our rearview mirror, do you know what the issue is? So many times we are looking so hard at the past that we are not able to move forward because we're only looking at the past. Church, I want to tell you today, you can't have peace in the present if you're always processing the past. You see, the past is simply a rudder to guide you, not an anchor to drag you. So many times we let it be an anchor. An anchor is designed to stop moving forward and to stay here. A rudder is designed to no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the storm, no matter what you're facing, the rudder, listen to me church, helps you navigate those things so you can get to the destination where you're headed. Church, don't let your past be an anchor. Somebody today needs to cut the cord to the anchor and let the rudder move you to the place that God wants you to go. You see, hope comes from learning from past blessings, past achievements, and past mistakes, but not living in past blessings, not living in past achievements, and not living in past mistakes. We want to learn from the past. We want to rejoice and celebrate the good things that have happened in the past, but we want to continue moving forward. Why? Because we've not yet achieved it. You see, the past is an indication, past blessings are an indication of future blessings. If God was faithful here, he's going to be faithful here. If God is faithful here, he's going to be faithful here. If God was faithful when you faced that giant, He's going to be faithful when you face this giant. And he'll be faithful in the future when you face the giant that it doesn't seem like you can get over or around because our God is faithful. You see, past achievements, they're nothing more than stepping stones to greater things. Do you know that we can get stuck on past achievements? Have you ever talked to somebody that all they talk about are the glory days? The glory days of the past, listen to me church, is just a stepping stone to some new glory days, to some new levels, to some new blessings, to some new places that God wants you to go. Now I grew up in a small town, 3,000 people just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. When I was growing up, the thing to do on a Friday night was drag Maine. So about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, we'd get in our car, we start driving down Main Street. And we'd get to our one stoplight, and we'd hang a right. We'd go down to Sonic. We'd come out of Sonic. We'd go back down to our one stoplight, and we'd go down Maine again. We got over here to the car wash. We'd turn around, and we'd go back towards that stoplight. We'd hang a right at the stoplight. We'd go back down to Sonic. We did that for three hours. Every time we passed people, we'd wave at the same people for three hours, three hours. 
Years later, Becky and I went back to my 10-year reunion. And do you know there were some people that I went to school with that were still wearing their letter jackets? And they still dragging Main Street. Do you know sometimes we get stuck spiritually, living in the glory of the past, and we don't recognize that God has incredible things for us in the future. Also, past mistakes are a reminder of God's perfecting work in your life. You know that, that mistake you committed that, that when you lost it last week, when you said that, when you treated your spouse that way, or that mistake that you did last week? You're still breathing, right? You need to learn from that. But your past mistakes aren't going to take you down. That's why the light showed up. Because of the light of the world? Because of the light of the world Jesus showed up? Your best days are still ahead. We need to forget the idea. There's a crazy idea. We need to forget that we're going to be dragged down by circumstances. And we need to look forward to a blessed year because we've learned from the past, but we refuse to live in the past. Second thing, second thought I want to share with you as we begin to land this plane today. I want you to write this down. Um, not only do we need to forget the past, we need to make God's claim our aim. Do you know that God says some things about you? Do you know the devil says some things about you? Do you know the people around you say some things about you? Do you know that you say some things about you? What we need to do is we need to make what God says about us what we say about us. And we need to surround ourselves with people that remind us what God says about us. In fact, Philippians 3 says this, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. We are in a spiritual race. We need people around us that are going to cheer us on to be everything that God has called us to be. And if we happen to stumble, if we happen to fall down, they're not going to leave the stands. They're going to cheer louder so that you get up and you start running again. I just read a story about a, a lady. Her name is Heather Dornadin. She was in the Big Ten. Several years ago, she was running a race. And it's a 600-meter race indoors. I'm not a track guy, but I did find this out. I Googled it. An indoor track is 200 meters around. 600 meters, that's three laps. And it's not a... Uh, it's, it's not a marathon, it's not a long, it's a dead sprint. For three laps, you run around this track as fast as you can. And if you're running in a sprint for three laps and you fall, you make a blunder, something happens that you're not prepared for most of the time, that's going to take you out of the race. Not Heather. She found herself on the lap, the last lap, Going into the first corner, she was tripped. She could have stayed down. She could have stayed out. That's not what she did. Watch this clip. This is incredible. Lap one, or corner one, she's pretty far behind. Corner two. It's pretty hopeless. 
the last lap. This is the third turn. There's only four. Turn three, she passes the last girl. Corner number four, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? That girl was running a sprint and found herself like this. You ever found yourself like this? It's a lot easier to stay down here than it is to get up and keep running. She found herself on the ground in this last lap of the race. And she got up. She won the race. I want you to listen to the interview that took place after that between the Big Ten Network and Heather. This is what the Big Ten Network said. In a uh, weird way, did falling almost give you added adrenaline? Heather said, I'm sure it did. Give me some extra adrenaline. But honestly, I think it was the presence. Listen to this. Honestly, I think it was the presence of the fans and my teammates. Church, it matters who you surround yourself with. Honestly, I think it's the presence of the fans and my teammates who had also put everything on the track that weekend that gave me the extra gear. She goes on to say, after I fell, it was as if a vacuum had sucked all of the energy out of the place. Have you ever been there in your life? Because of circumstances around you, maybe it's your choice, maybe it's somebody else, that it feels like all of the energy has been sucked out of you. She said, after I fell, it felt like a vacuum had sucked all the energy out of the place. Then as I started to gain momentum, it was like a crescendo of noise and excitement all the way to the finish line. Just the stark contrast from that moment of loss to the surprising victory made the whole experience really surreal. So the Big Ten Network asked her this, what was going through your mind when you fell? And this is what Heather said, maybe I just closed my eyes tight throughout the process of skidding to a halt on my stomach. Or maybe the positive vision of what I was hoping to accomplish in that race was stronger than the adversity that I faced. Somebody needs to hear that today. Maybe the positive vision of what I was hoping to accomplish in that race was stronger than the adversity I faced. The first, maybe I closed my eye, and he, she finishes that by saying, I had no idea that I had felt like that. She said, the first thing that I remember seeing after I was falling was seeing my hands on the track and when I was pushing off to go again. I, this is what she said. I figured I had just bent down at the waist, touched the track, and kept on running. She had no idea. She was sliding head first. She said, I do remember thinking, well, that's not good. You ever been to that place? That can't be good. Big Ten Network asked this, and as you got up, Heather said, since I didn't think I fell as hard as I did, I was shocked to see how much of a gap had formed between me and the rest of the runners. At that point in the meet, I knew the point scores were close enough for the team championship, so all I really thought was that I needed to keep on running. Because if I finish, I'll at least earn one more point. And as I started running, I began to, to gain on one girl, and then the rest of the pack didn't seem so far away. And I thought, 
wouldn't it be cool if I caught them all? She said, on the final curve, I heard the in-house announcer say, watch out for Heather Dornadin. And I thought, yeah, watch out. I'm coming. What if we go into 2020 and we just say spiritually, watch out, because we're coming. She goes on to say, and from there, it was just this incredible surge of energy and an effortless press for the finish line. She won the race. She was down. She could have been out. She took home the prize. Church, God sent me here today to tell you, you may have been knocked down in your race, but it's not over. Keep on running. Your circumstances may be screaming that you will never reach your promise. Church, keep on running. You may feel like a vacuum has sucked all of the energy out of your life. Keep on running. You may feel like you're so far behind of where you thought you would be at this point in your life that you will never get there. Church, keep on running. You may feel like you're ready to tap out. You're ready to quit. You're ready to go do anything else except what God has put on your heart to do. Keep on running. You may feel like you've let everyone down by the failure that you just committed. Church, keep on running. God sent me here today to tell you that the light of the world has come so you can get back up and you can keep on running. Keep on running. Keep on running. Keep on running, 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 running. There's a prize for you. I finish by saying this today. For all who wait, for all who hunger, for all who pray, it's a new day. It's a new beginning. The light of the world is here. His name is Jesus, and he has an incredible rest of 2019, and he has a fantastic 2020 for you. Church, can we take about 15 seconds and just have a praise break today because the light is here. Come on, somebody. Lift up your praise today. Jesus. Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed.